0: Alright, alright. Hey guys, I want you to go ahead, I want you to open up your Bibles or turn them on. A lot of you just pack that on your phone, mobile device, whatever. So go ahead and turn it on to our theme verses for this series. Deuteronomy chapter 6 is where we're going to be at today. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Six, And we're going to start reading here in just a second in verse 4. And, and we're just going to read this right out of the gate. So go ahead and turn it on, open it up, whatever. Uh, the words will be on the screen behind me if you don't have it by chance. So don't uh, freak out or anything if you ain't got a copy of the Bible or something on your phone or whatever. But Deuteronomy 6 is where I'm about to be at. And uh, these are the theme verses. What I mean by that is just, this, this is, these are a set of verses that are kind of driving this series. We're not going to be in them uh, every week. We won't be in them next week, actually. Uh, but just kind of encapsulates really the idea, what we're trying to do in this series. It's really in a couple of words, sentences, uh, this paragraph that we're going to read right now. So Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Here's what it says. It says this, Hear, O Israel. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Hey, uh, would you pray with me really quick as we jump in this morning? Let's pray. Dear God, we are just asking that you would do something very unique, very special during this time. And God, I pray that you would just open us up to that. God, maybe maybe we're tired from the weekend. Uh, Maybe we're distracted by something that's coming up in the week ahead. God, you know where we're at. And so, God, based on who you are and where we're at, would you just kind of meet us right there and take us to where you want us to be? Speak to us loud and clear today in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, let me ask you a question. You answer this just by raising your hand really quick. How many of you guys, uh, just anybody in here, how many of you, as you get older, you realize that basically you are just becoming a carbon copy of your parents raise your hand how many just raise your hand right now like a lot of hands are going up you just realize more and more as you get older you know what i'm talking like my parents i'm acting like my parents oh man they said this i'm saying this right you you just realize as you get older again it's not for everybody it's for a lot of people though apparently uh, this is hitting with a lot of people as you just get older you just see things in you that you saw and swore would never be in you that was in them you know it might be like an expression might be an expression that they had. might be some kind of saying. You know, it might be some kind, of, uh, maybe some kind of odd habit that your parents had, some kind of quirky, just weird habit that they had, and now all of a sudden you're doing that. It might be something that your parents said to you that you swore you'd never say to your kids. Anybody been there? Right? Like you swore you would never say what your parents said. And all of a sudden, in this moment, your kids are listening to something that you are certain is not music, right? And you look at your kids and you say to them, turn your music down. And in that moment, it hits you. You are becoming your parents, right? See, now what's happened in that moment, unintentionally, by, unintentionally most of the time, but what's happened in that moment is that they have passed that on. Un- unintentionally by and large, but what's happened in that moment is that they have passed that on and you have just picked that up. And so here we are, we're in this series called Living a legacy, not leaving a legacy. Everybody wants to leave a legacy, but the reality is, and what we started last week when we launched this series, is that right now we're living the legacy that we want to leave behind. Because legacy, we said last week, isn't something that you leave when you die. Legacy is something that we're always leaving. We said last week, you're about to graduate high school, college. When you leave that place, you're going to leave a legacy wherever you are at work you're leaving a legacy in your life you're leaving a legacy and so what we're doing in this series is we're saying what do you want to be remembered for start living that life now whatever the the life that you want to be remembered for start to live that life right now so if you want to be remembered as a person with integrity begin to be a person with integrity now If you want to be remembered as a couple that had a strong marriage, work on having that strong marriage now. That's why the tagline of this series is building a life that lasts. Because legacy isn't something that you do in the future. Legacy is something that you and I do every day. And what we said last week, the big idea was, we we said this last week, we look at the world that we live in and the culture that we live in and almost every person in the room last week said that when you think about the world that maybe your kids are going to inherit or when you think about the world that you're going to grow up in 15, 20, 30, maybe 50 years from now down the road, it's kind of a scary thing. Almost everybody in the room said, you know what, when I think about that, that's kind of a scary, intimidating thing for me. And what Christians, what the church, Big C Church, not a particular church, but just the church, what the church does a lot of times is the church looks at the culture and says, somebody should do something. Somebody needs to stand up and somebody needs to try to fix this. And what we saw last week was God from the Bible say, you're right and it's you. Somebody needs to do something, and we said last week, it's up to us. But the big idea that we unpacked last week was just this idea, and let's see who can remember this, okay? This big idea last week was that you cannot pass what you don't, anybody remember? Possess. A few of you remember. You can't pass on what you don't possess. And so we talked about possessing a a vibrant faith and that sort of thing. So last week we really talked about this idea. We introduced this idea Of passing on what you want to leave behind. Well, today, what I want to do is I want to get really specific. What do we need to pass on? I want to get really specific and drill down and nail down today. What is it that you and I need to try to pass on? So, let me ask a question for all the parents, grandparents in the room today. You lean in for just a second. What do you want to pass on to your kids? What do you want to pass on to your grandkids? To the next generation, what do you want to pass on? What do you think is the biggest thing? What do you think is the number one thing that you hope that your kids, the next generation, grabs so that they can be successful? And see, there's not just one answer to that. There's a lot of different answers. I mean, if we took a microphone and just passed it around right now, everybody would give probably almost all kinds. We get all kinds of different answers. And here's what we know. The world that we live in is constantly giving us answers, isn't it? The world that we live in, it's constantly giving us answers. And so maybe you've walked in today, and maybe you're here today, you don't believe in God. And listen, if that's where you're at, we're excited that you're here. Or maybe you're here today, and you're a Jesus follower, you've got a relationship with Him. But maybe you've picked up a lot of ideas of what needs to be passed on to the next generation from the world that we live in. So when you think about the number one thing, the biggest thing you want your kids, your grandkids, you want the next generation to get, maybe somebody in here, you're a Jesus follower, but you'd say, the biggest thing I want them to get is that they need to grow up and make a lot of money, right? They need to grow up, make a lot of money because then they'll be successful and all of that. They need to grow up and make a lot of money or maybe maybe that's not yet maybe this is for you this is for a lot of people maybe this is maybe this lands on somebody in the room today maybe when you think about what you hope for your kids what you hope the next generation gets here's what some people think when they think about their kids grandkids or whatever they say this i just want my kids to grow up and be happy right just want my babies to be happy you know just, we just want them to be happy. I just want to be happy. We just hope they're going to grow up and they're going to be happy. Happy, 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 happy. Right? Everybody wants to be happy. And listen, there's nothing wrong with happy. Okay? Don't, I'm not anti-happy. There's nothing wrong with happy. But here's the deal. A lot of people worship at the altar of happiness. It's what gets them out of bed, it's what makes them go to sleep, it's what they dream about, it's what they earn a paycheck for, this lifelong goal of being happy. And listen to me, there's nothing wrong with making a lot of money, there's nothing wrong with wanting to to be happy, but if you're a Jesus follower, you need to aim a little higher. I, I want you to upgrade what you hope you can pass on with your life, because listen, I, I, listen, my prayer, our prayer as Jesus followers, as the church, I want to encourage us to make it our goal and our prayer for the next generation that they grow up to be men and women of God who change the world. That they don't simply grow up to be happy. That they don't simply grow up to earn a lot of money. But that they grow up to love God. And they grow up to be men and women who change the world. I love what Psalm 127 verse 4 says. I think we've got to, we can put it up on the screen here. Psalm 127 verse 4, it says this, Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the children of one's youth. And what that means is you don't shoot an arrow without being intentional about the target. You you don't just try to shoot the arrow and then you're not aiming at anything and you hope that you hit a target. No, if you're going to take the arrow and you're going to shoot it, you're going to aim at the target and hopefully you're going to hit what you're aiming at. And see, what God is calling us to do with the next generation is God is calling us to take the next generation and be intentional about aiming them towards God's call for their life. You might even be here today, and you don't have any kids. You're listening to this, and you're thinking, well, man, I'm a teenager. This must not be for me. Or I'm single. This must not be for me. Or we're at a stage of life, we don't have kids at home, or we don't have any kids in my life whatsoever. This must not be for me. No, no, no. Listen, you need to be intentional. Just like aiming an arrow, you need to be intentional about hitting the target of passing on a legacy that matters upgrading what you want to pass on with your life to more than simply making a paycheck, to more than simply being happy. We want to build a life that lasts. We want to pass on things that will outlive us. And so what I want to do today, if you're taking notes, you're keeping score at home, I want to give us today three things that we need to pass on to the next generation. Three things that you and I, that we need to be intentional about passing on to the next generation. Because whether we like it or not, and we've already said this, we are always passing on something. If you're here today and you're on a team, doesn't matter, softball team, cheerleading squad, basketball team, baseball team, football team, you are passing something on to your teammates. Students, you are passing something on to your classmates. Wherever you work, you're passing something on to your coworkers. What do we want to pass on to the people around us? I want to give us three specific things that we need to be intentional about passing on with our lives. First thing we need to be intentional about passing on is we need to pass on the joy of a real relationship with God. We need to pass on the joy of a real relationship with God. And listen, every word in my points today, every word matters, okay? So I'm being really intentional about the words that I use and the words that I chose today in picking those points. So do you see the word joy? See the word joy? Say yes if you see the word joy. Some of you are like, I don't know. I don't know. If you don't say, I don't know. I got nothing for you today, All right? Joy. Joy. What's that mean? Joy. I'm talking fun. How many people, by raising your hands, you like to have fun? Raise your hands right now. Some of you are not raising your hands. You're no fun. You don't get invited to a lot of parties, do you? Let's think about kids. We're talking about next generation. You know what kids like to have? Starts with an F, ends in UN. What's that word? Kids like to have fun. I like to have fun. I like to have fun. You know who I think likes to have fun? I think God likes to have fun. I think God has a great sense of humor. I'm convinced that God loves to have fun. Do you know what Christians aren't really known for? Having fun. Here, let me say something to you. You have never heard this in your life. There is not a person in this room that you have ever heard this. You have never heard anybody say this, I used to go to church, but those people were too fun for me. Right? You're laughing because you're like, that's insane. Here, you've never heard this. I used to go to that church, but man, those people know how to party. I couldn't handle it. You've never heard that before. Instead, here's, instead, here's what Christians are known for. What are they known for? Angry, judgmental, right? They think they're better than other people. No fun. Fruit of the Holy Spirit, Galatians chapter 5, Galatians book of the Bible. Galatians chapter 5, it talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit, meaning characteristics that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in Christians' lives. First one is love. Anybody know what the second one is? Joy. Fun. Fun. Look at your neighbor and say, fun. Just too many people meet Jesus, and here's what happens to their face. Some of you are listening to this right now, and you're thinking, This I don't think that we should be talking about this in church. I think we need to be talking about serious things. We think you need to lighten up, have some fun, right? fun it is fun having a relationship with god it just it is just fun do you know why some of you are looking at me saying this no it's not here's why you don't think it's fun it's because somewhere along the way we hijacked relationship with god and we made it all about rules if you don't think that's true walk up to somebody after church today and ask him what it means to be a christian Here's what they'll say. Oh, to be a Christian? I know exactly what that means. What it means to be a Christian is that you don't drink, smoke, chew. You don't date girls that do. um, You don't cuss. You don't watch R-rated movies. uh, You don't have any fun. The F word that that guy was dropping today was so offensive. Uh, You don't have any fun. Listen, you you read the Bible for hours a day. You have to pray all the time. You never miss church. Rule, 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 rule. Rules are no fun. That's exactly why, and this is a true statistic. You can take it for what it is, but this is a statistic today. That's exactly why 59% of people ages 18 to 29 are leaving church. 59%. way that breaks down, here's how that breaks down for today, right here in 2014. Today, 3 out of 5 people between the ages of 18 to 29 are not in church anywhere today. Today. Why? Here's why. And I believe this is true. I believe, I believe that 18 to 29-year-olds, they're not rejecting Jesus. Jesus is more popular than he's ever been. They're not rejecting Jesus. They're rejecting a church that's made Jesus about a bunch of rules. And when they look at the church, they see people who can't follow their own rules. And so the hypocrisy is sickening. It's not about rules we've made. I mean, relationship, we've made it about rules. But I just want to say to us today, it is fun to have a relationship with God. Now, does the Bible have rules and commands in it? The answer is yes. But they're in the context of a relationship with God. That's exactly why verse 5 in Deuteronomy chapter 6, we read it a minute ago, it says this, You shall love the Lord your God. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 22, a guy walks up to Jesus in Matthew 22, and he says, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? In other words, Jesus, what's the biggest commandment that's at the top of God's list that God wants us to fulfill more than anything else? Jesus, what is the most important commandment? I wonder how you would answer that. Jesus doesn't look at that man and say, oh, the most important commandment is to stop messing up. Oh, the most important commandment is to do the right thing. No, Jesus, when Jesus is asked what's the most important commandment, he quotes Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, love God. Love God, because listen, to know God is to love God. See, because how could you not love God in, spite, in, in the face of everything that God has done for us? God loved us so much that He sent Jesus Christ. Jesus left heaven and He took our place and He died on a cross. He took all of our sins, all of our bad decisions and all of our mistakes on Himself. And three days later, He came back from the dead and he's alive right now and every single day he gives us mercy he gives us grace he gives a second chance when we blow it he refuses to stop loving us tomorrow his mercies the bible says will be new every single day relationship with jesus means not only will i get to spend eternity with him in heaven but i get abundant life now why aren't you clapping i don't know what's going on right? That is awesome. Well, that doesn't sound very fun to me. Well, then you're a loser. Right? Come on. And here's what we need to do. We need to be intentional about passing that on. Passing that on to the next generation. A real relationship with god so parents grandparents lean in here for a second this one's specifically for you man i've had so many conversations with people at this church who've walked up to me and said mark and 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 i've been at the funerals of their parents with them these are adults and they're looking at me tears in their eyes and they look at me and they say this. some of you are here today we've had this conversation they have tears in their eyes and they look at me and they say mark i don't know if my mom and dad went to heaven Mark, they went to church, but I don't know if my granny, my grandpa, I don't, know if, I don't know if they had a relationship with Jesus. Parents, grandparents, lean in for a second. I even had one of our staff members send me a text message when we started this series because they struggle with the same issue and, I need to say, and they want me to say, Mark, you've got to address this in the sermon. So here it is, parents, grandparents, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have got to talk to your kids about it. You have got to talk to your kids about it. Don't let them go through life wondering if you love God. Don't. Mark, will it be awkward? Absolutely. It'll be absolutely weird, and it'll be totally worth it. You, you've got to talk to them about it. That's why I love in Deuteronomy 6, the picture that he gives in Deuteronomy 6 of passing this stuff on isn't really getting our families together and preaching a sermon or anything like that. He says, as you walk by the way, as you talk to them. Meaning that as you just live your life, this stuff's going to come up. So pass it on. Yes, there's going to be times with our families where we open up the Bible and we pray together and we talk about how good God is and we seek Him together. But you know what? Most of the time the Bible says in Deuteronomy 6, what we just read, this is coming up, say, on the way to school. On the way to practice. This is, hey mom, dad, this happened at school today. What do you think about this? Mom, dad, I've got a friend at school that says there's no God. What do you think about this mom dad i've got this and it just comes up in life and if it doesn't come up then there are times when god uses where we can bring it up so intentionally there's times where we're talking about our relationship with god mom dad why are we going to church again today we've been to church every day for the past month well we're doing it again today because we love god and that's what we do Oh, I'll tell you, listen, one of the best ways you can pass this on, one of the best ways, things that I'm learning as a dad, and listen, listen, I'm preaching this sermon out of, abs- out of all of my failures as a dad. I'm not preaching this and saying, I am super dad. My cape is flapping, do you see? All right, I am not, man, I am not. If my kids were up here, they would say, our dad is, he needs counseling. Um, but, but I'll tell you, listen, one of, the, one of the best times that God gives us to pass this on is when we mess up as parents with our kids. And we can confess it to God and then ask our kids to forgive us. And those times stink. Let me give you an example of one. Let me give you an example. Um, um, I, my kids, I'm convinced that every single day, my not every day, but I'm convinced that there are days when my kids wake up early and have a strategy session to get under dad's skin and drive them to the brink of insanity. I mean, the fact that I'm on stage today without a nervous twitch is an act of God. You just need to know this. You just need to know. Um, and, and, so, and so, and listen, I'll be totally serious. I'm just being really transparent. One of the things I pray about every single day is that God would help me to grow in the area of patience and, and just the way that I respond because God uses my kids to bring stuff out of me that honestly, man, I got to repent of a lot of times. I really do. One of the biggest things God uses to make me like Jesus are my kids, I promise. And so, so what, that, what that looks like is my kids do, thing, do things, and I'll respond in ways that really I shouldn't. It ne- needs to be dealt with, but it doesn't, you know, deserve the wrath of God, you know, that kind of thing. And so, so one day my kids are in, we're in the van. I don't even know what we're doing. I think we're waiting on my wife. She's somewhere in Walmart or something like that. And we're, we're out, it was, it was a, while, a year, year, year ago, year and a half ago. And we're out there, and my kids did something and, uh, and it was late, and, and I was kind of, you know, testy and that sort of thing. Um, because preachers are, you know, preachers don't have it all together. Did you know this? Newsflash. Um, and so, so, so my kids do something, and I responded like I shouldn't have instead of saying, hey, guys, hey, guys. No, that's not what we do. They go, wrath of God! You know, that's what they got. And so, so after the wrath of God rained down in my van, there was silence for a few moments. My son says this to me. He says, Dad, why are you angry all the time? And I turned around and said, you're grounded. No, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. <laughs> that's not what I said at all. As soon as he said that to me, here's what the Holy Spirit whispered to me. The Holy Spirit said this, he's right. And so I turned around I looked at him, and I said, and, and it's oh, it awful, it's awful. It's not fun. But I turned around and I looked at him, I said, you know what, man? You're totally right. I shouldn't have done that. Hey man, I'm gonna pray right now and I need to ask God to forgive me. And so I prayed and it was really quick. I said, God help me to get better here. Forgive me for this. And then I looked at him, I said, Seth, I'm sorry. Are you forgive me? He said, Yep, and then we moved on. A- Angels didn't rip off the roof of my van. Or, you know, it wasn't a holy, it wasn't this overly holy moment, but it was just the moment, here, here it was, here it was. It was just the moment where what it said was, hey, God's right here. We can deal with this right now. See that? And, and see, what we're just, see, here's what happens a lot of times with parents is we think, oh man, our grandparents, I don't know what to say to my kids. Listen, if you are a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God lives in you. And if you ask him for the words to say, he will give you the words to say. Don't trust training. Trust the Holy Spirit of God who lives in you to do more than we could ask, think, or imagine. But we need to pass on a real relationship With God, second thing we're talking about passing on, we need to be intentional about passing on the joy. Again, joy, the joy of trusting God. The joy of trusting God. So we're talking about what we're talking about here, living by faith. We're talking about the joy of living by faith. I love what verses 10 through 12 say. I'm not going to read all of them for the sake of time, but I think some of them might be on the screen. It says this, When the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac... And the Jacob, see there, passing on a legacy. These were guys that had went on before them and they passed it on to give to you. Watch this. With great and good cities that you did not build. And houses full of good things that you did not fill. And cisterns that you did not dig. Here, we'll stop right there. The idea is this. We are where we are because God has brought us where we are. Isn't that true today? Where we are, whether you like it or not, we are where we are because God has brought us this far. And what we need to pass on is something that we all need to learn, that every step of the way we can trust God. Every step of the way we can trust God. And every step that God tells us to take is a good step. It it might be a hard step. It might be a complicated step. It might be a scary step. But it's always a good step. So you don't have to be a summit for five minutes for you to hear me use the phrase next step. And the reason we use that phrase around here every single Sunday we use it is because God leads us one step at a time. And listen, if you want to be intentional about passing on living a legacy, hitting the mark, building a life that lasts whether, for your teammates, for your classmates, for your friends, for your kids, if you want to live that legacy now, here's one way to do it. Take the step that God is telling you to take. You can trust God, and it might be a big step. It might be a scary step, but you can trust God with every step because it's a good step. So some of you, and hey, listen, let's just lean in for a second. Some of you, you need to be baptized. There are some parents here, and you need to be baptized. You need to take that step. You need to drop the excuses for why you can't do it, and you just need to go ahead. If you've got a relationship with Jesus and you've never been baptized, you need to take that step. In fact, Baptism Sunday is next Sunday. You need to take your card, flip it over, check that box, and do it next week. Why? Because not only will it impact your life, but as people watch you doing it, you're passing on. You're showing people, hey, you know what? God led me to take this step, and I'm glad That I did. Some of you are here, and the step that you need to take is there is something inside of you right now, and it's telling you that you need God in your life. And you just thought you were going to come to church, but something's happening inside of you, and it's saying to you that you need God. And I want to say to you, that is the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now and the step that you need to take is today you need to begin a relationship with him you need to give Jesus your life and you're saying well Mark my friends are with me my family is with me yes and not only will God change your life but when you take that step they'll see it and it will change theirs as well but the joy of trusting God number three last one I say the most controversial for the end and I parked right out that door in case I need to run and leave The joy of being a part of God's church. The joy of being a part of the church. The joy of being a part of God's church. See, I think church should be fun. Amen? Five people. The rest of you are still ticked off that I talked about fun today at church. I think church should be relevant. Amen? For too many people, church is simply an option. Just an option. I love how short and sweet and to the point 1 Corinthians 12, 27 is. I think it might be here. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. You, Jesus follower, you, Christian, you are a part of the church. I am part of the church. We, together, collectively, we are... The church. And for too many people, church is an option. So too many people have this conversation about church. This is the conversation that they have when it comes to church. Do you want to go today? You want to go? Oh, like we, we were out so late last night, and I'm really tired. Do you want to go? Oh, I'm so tired, too. Let's not even, let's not even do it. They podcast it. We can listen in our underwear. Right? Do, do you want to go? I don't really want to. It's an option. Or, or, here's, or here's this. And listen, 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 listen. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad right now. I'm not trying to condemn anybody. I understand. Here we come. It's summertime. We've got vacations planned. You should take that vacation. You should spend that time with your family. If you're sick, would you please stay at home? Don't share the love, okay? We love you. We'll pray for you. Just don't come. This happens to me all the time. Mark, it's so good to see you. We shake hands. I was so sick this past week. (laughs) Hand sanitizer in the back, you know, just rubbing on. I'm not trying to condemn anybody, but I am trying to challenge you. I am trying to challenge you. So for too many people, it's an option. Do you want to go? Oh, we can't go today. It's raining. Oh, it's raining. Oh, it's raining. I said, oh, we can't go today. It's so warm outside. The sun's out. When will we get a day like this? I know it's called summer, and it's an entire season that God built, but what if today is summer? It's only a day. Oh, we can't go today. It's so windy. My hair will just get all frizzy, and oh, my goodness. you know. Oh, we can't go today. There's hail. We can't go to church today. There's tornadoes in Oklahoma. Who will watch the house? Here, Kentucky, you can't go. The problem is you don't do that with anything else in your life, right? Nobody's going into their kid's room tomorrow. Hey, should I go to work today? I don't want to go. Should I go? No, you shouldn't go. Stick around in your underwear and let's eat Cheetos together all day long. When? It's doing it. Not going to work. Hey, it's Monday. Do you want to go to school? Do you want to go? I don't feel like going, Mom. Awesome, don't go don't go, don't don't worry don't worry about it just don't worry about it right again i'm not trying to make anybody feel but i'm just trying to challenge you see because here's what we're doing here's what we're doing as long as church is an option we're passing it on that it's an option we're passing it on that it's an option but if church is a privilege then we're passing it on that it's a privilege Mom, Dad, why were you giving that card to the people in the lobby at church today? Because Mom and Dad get the privilege of serving at church, and we love to do it. Dad, why were you raising your hands in church today? Your armpits smelled a little bad. You should wear the odor, but why were you doing that, Dad? It's because Daddy loves God, and we love to worship God. Mom, Dad, why do we do this? It's because this is a privilege. And see, when it's a priority, what it says is, oh wait, this is a priority for mom and dad. This must be a big deal. This is a priority for, their, for, for you. It'll, it'll, it, goes, it goes on to our friends. And what we're doing is we're passing it on. See, because we're always passing something on. We're always passing on some kind of legacy. To your teammates, you're passing it on. To your classmates, you're passing it on. To your kids, to your grandkids, to your friends, to your neighbors. We are always passing it on. And the good news... Is that if you don't like what you're passing on today, it's not too late. It's not too late. See, when you walked in today, everybody hopefully got one of these cards right here. Go ahead and grab this card if you got one. If not, they're going to be all over the outside lobby there. They're going to be all over the uh, back here. But they're all over outside if you didn't get one. But go ahead and grab this card. And on the back of this card, it says, My Legacy List. I want to ask you a question this morning. Here we are, we're just about to close, but I want to ask you a question this morning. And I want your involvement, this is between you and God. But I've given you a tool this morning to drive this home. And at the end of the service, I don't want you to give this to anybody. I want you to take this home with you. If you need to put it on your refrigerator, if you need to put it in your car, on a mirror, if you need to put it in a Bible, if you need to put it somewhere where you can see it every single day, I want you to take this card and put it there. But I want to ask every one of us, teenagers, senior uh, senior adults, doesn't matter, parents, grandparents, I want to ask every person that's listening to me right now, I want to ask you a question. Who has God put in your life that you need to be intentional about passing on the joy of a real relationship with God, the joy of trusting God, and the joy of being a part of God's church? Who? Who is your legacy list? Who is the list of people? Who are the few people that God's brought into your life that you want to pass on a rich legacy to? Because we're always passing on a legacy. Is it the right thing, though? Who are the people that are on your legacy list? And I want you to write them down. If you know who it is right now, go ahead and take a pen and write it down on your card because this is yours. This is yours. This is just a card, but God can use this card to clarify your life and say, hey, you know what, I need to upgrade a little bit of what I want to accomplish with and through my life for other people around me and the next generation after me. So maybe for some of you, your kids' names need to be on this card. Right here, your kids' names. Maybe for some of you, it's your spouse. Hey, you know what? Teenagers, if you're on a team, your team needs to be on here. Softball, basketball, baseball, cheerleading, your teammates need to be on here. Hey, there's teenagers, you're going home today, you are the only Christian in your house. Your parents need to be on here. Your boss maybe needs to be on here. Who are the people that God has brought into your life that he surrounded you with, that now today God is laying them on your heart. You can see their faces in your head, and they are your legacy list. See, because I believe that changing the world starts today. I believe that changing the world starts today and so many times when we think about changing the world we think that to change the world we have to we have to influence thousands of people and preach in stadiums and billy graham type things no 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 jesus came and what did jesus do yeah there were times when he was with thousands of people but jesus spent the most important years of his life with 12 men changing the world is not about impacting the thousands it's about impacting the few The few people in our lives and passing on a legacy that goes on for generations and ultimately it leads to the world changing. So, it doesn't matter today if you walk in here and you're looking at the legacy that was passed on to you, and it's a legacy of addiction, or it's a legacy of broken marriages, it's a legacy of broken promises. It doesn't matter what your legacy is that you've been passed on to. I want to tell you that the Holy Spirit of God can take a story of brokenness and transform it into a story of redemption that goes on through generations and ultimately changes the world. It can happen. It's going to happen today, and that starts right now. It's my kids. It's my wife. It's my husband. It's the few people. And I get a couple of years, man, to pass on and hit a target and build a life that lasts. But listen to me. This starts with having a relationship with God. It doesn't start by simply going to church. It doesn't start by trying to keep a set of rules. It doesn't start by trying to clean yourself off first. It starts right there, you, in your seat, realizing that you need a relationship with your Creator who loves you, Jesus Christ, and without Him, everything else is worthless. And today, if God is speaking into your heart and He's saying to you, today is the day when you need to give me your life, Not next week, not tomorrow, it's right now. In just a moment, I'm going to lead us all in a prayer. And this prayer is an opportunity for you to give your life to Jesus Christ and for Jesus Christ to come into your life and change you and change your legacy and change generations forever. So let's pray, church, right now. Dear Jesus, right now, we come to you in your name. And you are the only one in this room right now who has the power and the ability to help us to live a legacy that changes the world. God, I pray for people right now who their kids are, are in their mind. They're on that legacy list. Pray for the person right now who, who you are laying on their heart, that boss that's really rude to them at work, and it's really hard to work for him or for her. But you're laying them on their heart. And you're saying, just because you're not the boss doesn't mean you can't leave a legacy. Pray for that teen that you're laying on the heart of a teenager right now. Pray for that student that you're laying their parents on their heart. Their their parents are on their legacy list. I pray that today, we we would begin to think bigger with our lives. We would begin to think generationally with our lives that our lives will outlast us and that our legacy goes on when we don't. And I pray for the people that are going down on these legacy lists, that they would receive a legacy that transforms the world. And Father, I pray for the people right now that, that need to give their lives to you. People who are in this room right now, they're not Christians, but you're speaking into their lives. Give them the courage to make the biggest decision of their life right now in this moment. In your name, Jesus, amen. With every head bowed, nobody is looking at me at all whatsoever. I promise nobody is looking at me right now. But let me ask our church a question. Summit, how many of you God is speaking to right now and God is laying people on your heart? You can see their faces in your head. And God is saying to you and you're saying today, Mark, I've got a legacy list. And I want to live a life that matters for these people, Mark. I want to pass on a legacy that lasts. Would you raise your hand right now for those people? If you've written people down on your legacy list, raise your hand right now for those people. Raise your hand. Hands are going up all over The room. Teenagers, if you wrote your team down, raise your hand. You wrote your friends down, raise your hand. There we go. Hands are going up all over the room. God is is showing you just like a laser pointer saying these are the people. You get a certain time to pass on a legacy. Right now, put your hands down. And if you raised your hand, I want you to begin to pray for those people right now. Pray for your legacy list right now. Right now, pray for your legacy list. But this can't happen without Jesus Christ living inside of you. This cannot happen. Living a legacy that lasts for eternity flows out of a real relationship with God. And if you're here today and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, God loved you so much, He sent Jesus to save you. And right now, you are in that seat And God is ready and able, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, God is able to save you and to change everything starting today. You say, Mark, I don't know what to do. What you do is easy. Because really the hardest part, the work has been done for you. It's been done for you by Jesus. Jesus died for you. Jesus came back from the dead for you. What you and I do, we just simply receive what God has done for us. And we say, God, I want to live for you for the rest of my life. So, if today you are really serious about starting a relationship with Jesus for the rest of your life, then I want you to pray this prayer with me. This is a prayer that just verbalizes what God is doing in your life. And you can pray this silently right there in your seat. But if today, if you want to give Jesus Christ your life, today, if you need to begin a relationship with God, don't push him off, don't ignore him, don't fight with him, don't give him excuses, just surrender. Surrender to him today. Give him your life and watch him do more than you'd ever dream. Pray this with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. I give my life to you right now. Help me to live for you from this day forward. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. You are my God. Amen. With every head bowed, nobody is looking. Did you just pray that prayer? If you just prayed that prayer, you just made the biggest decision of your life. And we want to celebrate with you today. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to count to three. And as soon as I say three... If you today are surrendering your life to Jesus Christ, I want you to raise your hand high up into the air. I want to see it. I want to celebrate with you. I want to pray with you today right there in your seat. So if you have prayed to give your life to Jesus today, as soon as I say three, raise your hand high into the air. One, two, this is your moment right now. Three, raise your hand today. Raise your hand right now. Anyone in the room who would say, today is the day that I am surrendering to God. I'm surrendering to Jesus for the very first time. I see a hand right here up front. God bless you for that hand. You can put it down. Anybody else? Any other hands? You've raised your hand right now to say, I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ today. Here's what I want you to do. If you prayed that prayer, if you are giving your life to Jesus today, I want you to raise your head up and I want you to look at me right now. Go ahead and look at me. Just look at me right now. When you walked in today, we gave you a connection card. Remember the card that uh, you could check it if you're got. If you a first-time guest? That connection card. On the back of that card, there is a box that says, I gave my life to Christ. I want you to take that card, and I want you to check that box that you gave your life to Jesus today. Go ahead and do it right now if you want to. Just take that card, grab a pen, check that box, and in just a moment, as we're leaving the auditorium, there are people in the back. We want to give you a free Bible And a book that we've put together just for you. Give that card to somebody in the back. We're going to have volunteers all over this auditorium in just a second with baskets. Drop that card into the basket today. But if you made that decision, don't leave until you let somebody know what God has done in your life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for salvation. And I thank you that you can take our lives and cause our lives to outlast us. We want to be a people that live a legacy, a legacy that lasts and a legacy that matters. So God, as we take our legacy list today, let it bring crystal clear clarity to our week. Let it change the way that we live and interact with these people. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, let's thank God for today. Let's celebrate as people have given their lives to Jesus. And a lot of people, man, just raise their hand and say, I've got a legacy list. I want to leave a legacy now. Here's the deal. Nobody leave yet. Nobody move. Wait just a second now. What we we want you to do here, if you're a first-time guest, returning guest, make sure to turn those cards in. Do that out there in the lobby to your right. We're going to have volunteers all over the auditorium. Any way we can pray for you, any decision that you've made today, especially if you made the decision to give your life to Jesus, make sure to drop it in those baskets on your way out for our volunteers or give that to somebody there in the back. Hey, listen. Listen. Summit right now, right now in just a second, right over here in this area, we're going to do the VIP event. Love for a lot of you to stick around for that, only 15 minutes. And then I want to invite you back tonight, six o'clock, right here for Discover Summit, our partnership event. Guys, love you. You're dismissed. We'll see you next Sunday. Bye. Bye.